They say, they say we should have known better than to fall so deep down, deep down into this rabbit hole we found. And I was thinking, Hi, this is Nico. You're listening to my dad or fall, also known as the White Rabbit and James Jardine on the one and only Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast. Buckle up and enjoy. All right, it's that time, folks. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome down the security rabbit hole to yet another edition of the Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast, your favorite podcast in the security industry, whether you like it or not. Um, <laughs> changing up the intro there, guys, just uh, just to like keep it. you on your toes. Um, uh, well, you know, we've got, uh, we've always have good, try to bring you decent, fun, exciting topics, uh, things that you care about, uh, things that maybe, uh, make you, keep you entertained. And in that spirit, uh, this week is going to be all about the vendors, uh, managing them and, and living with them, um, as usual, uh, as per the usual, um. We, uh, I find these topics off of LinkedIn and groups I participate in. So, uh, somebody makes a comment. I go, Ooh, that'd be a fun topic for a podcast. And that person goes, yeah, let's do it. Uh, so before I get into all that, uh, James, uh, is back. Hey, Baba, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, man. It's good to be back. You know, I'm glad we got the schedules aligned this time. <laughs> yeah. Scheduling is, is rough. But podcasting is serious business, so here I am. And uh, over there yonder in the middle of your screen, I, I, I hope, if you're watching this, um, is uh, Mr. Brent Ditterding. Say hello, sir. Hey, how you doing? Good. I, you know, that conversation, I don't remember which one it was anymore, but I saw you say something about managing vendors, and it's it's you know, and I was like, oh, man, I couldn't help myself. I commented, you commented, and suddenly we're on a podcast together about it. Uh, look, I, I worked both. I have worked for a long time for vendors. Um, I've, uh, I've, I've worked with vendors in, in several jobs, um, buying stuff and needing stuff. And then we had a podcast called how to make friends and influence CISOs a while back. Uh, and that one was fun. Uh, very informative, but this is, this is kind of a, I guess this is a new riff on this thing, right? Let's, uh, well, I'm being rude. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Brent. <laughs> sure. So uh, I have been at CISO for all of a great 18 months or so. Prior to that, I worked for a vendor, uh, SecureWorks, for 19 years. I was employee number 21. So I spent 15 years in operations, four years in a cool global sales overlay kind of role. And uh, now I'm a CISO. So I'm, I'm cool going to try not to hold that against CISO you. CISO is awesome, by the way. Uh, is it I, like I yeah I love it. Uh, my stress is very it's not a burden. I mean I guess they're I guess there's a stressful job, um, but like I deal with it well. My satisfaction has never been higher. I love it. I report to the CEO. I have a 22 person team. I just gave my right hand guy a raise and a promotion and all that kind of stuff. So it's a good time. Like it's like even the bad days are are pretty fun. I, I like it personally. 
Okay. Well, you better be careful saying that type of stuff. There's a lot of people that are, you know, going to think yeah, you're letting right? the cat out of the bag here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and like, I say that, people are like, oh, see, so you're the one. I'm like, sorry. But I do. Yeah, there's, like there's not many of, uh, of, of your kind. Uh, that are happy, exactly. uh, low stress, uh, don't have uh, several bottles of liquor under their desks. Uh, well, and, I, and I have, have like staff. That's, that's a different reason entirely. It's not stress. I just like bourbon. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's 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 it's it's uh, it's enjoyment, not medicinal. I get it. Um, yes, <laughs> yes I, I happen to uh, you know my room in the in the studio here uh, happens to be my office. Also happens to be where the uh, whiskey ca- uh, library best fit. So coincidence. Maybe, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, whatever. Um, all right. So, Brent, you, you've been a, you've been on the vendor side, uh, and now you've you've had a taste of what it's like to try to manage the vendor side a little bit. Um, maybe we start with this. There's a lot as the CISO, uh, the security head, right? You probably have your door constantly knocked on uh, yeah. by some good, but probably a lot of not so good pitches. Yeah. Oh. How do you deal with it? Uh, so I embrace it personally. So uh, it, it, whether we do business or not, there's no reason that we can't be civil and enjoy one of this company. And that is beneficial to me as, as well as them. So a big, big deal to me is we're like, Oh, what do you like? I met with uh, 150 vendors thus far in 23 for 45 minutes each. Right. So a lot. And they're like, why do you do that? Are you just a glutton for punishment? I'm like, well, because I like it. And um, frankly, it gives me a really good sounding board for my own opinions. So the great thing about vendors is that when whoever you're talking to, whether it's the chief product or the field CISO or a DGR or the seller or the SE or whomever, they have had experience. They've seen hundreds of different environments and different companies and organizations, whereas I may have only seen mine, right? Or a very small number. Now, full disclosure, I don't talk to a lot of XDR and MDR providers because I did that and I'm pretty familiar with the industry. So it's like, yeah, I don't don't need that. But there's a lot of other stuff that I don't know a lot about. So if I say, hey, I don't know anything about this, educate me. And here's my inclination. I think X because of A, B, and C. Now, do you know about D, E, and F that I really should consider? Well, tell me that. But I also start with, listen, I'm not a buyer. Like, don't put me in expecting Salesforce. I'll give you all the med pick stuff that you need. I'll give you all the sales guy stuff. If your regional director calls me for an executive sponsor call, no, just don't do that. But just, just don't put me in expect. Don't try to pressure me. Just let's talk. Let's have a conversation. If we do business, awesome. Statistically, probably not going to happen. And as long as I start it like that, I find that the interactions uh, are fairly enjoyable and beneficial. It seems like that like, almost becomes a way more beneficial way of going about staying on top of things from a CISO perspective versus oh, yeah. going to... Like all these different like CISO conferences and, and oh, yeah. all that stuff. Like, you know what? I get all the information I want. I just let the I let the vendors give it to me. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you know, it's also it, it's cool because it also gives me the opportunity, especially when I'm talking to a field CISO or a chief product or a startup, like 
that I go, hey, you know, uh, this is what I think. Like, it, I wear one hat if you're pitching me. I wear an entirely different hat if you're asking for my feedback, right? And so I go, and people are like, wait, wait what, what did you say? I'm like, oh, yeah, like here. I'm like, oh, what? And it turns out it's a combination of product management and product marketing and go to market and all this stuff is saying, well, yeah, that doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, or that resonates, that doesn't. One thing that I love doing, I went to Black Hat a little while ago, and I was with uh, Danny Wolf and Audience First. And we had a CISO panel where we had startups come in and basically tell us their kind of problem statement, more or less. Like, here's where we're struggling to get penetration in the market. And you had eight, six or eight CISOs in the room. You had um, myself, John Underwood, Chris Roberts, Chris Elliott, um, Andres Andrew, and maybe Cecil Pineda was there for a little bit. But, I mean, a really good cross-section of CISOs to say, well, yeah, duh. Like, here, yeah, that doesn't resonate. This time, they're like, what? You know, yeah, and they're writing notes and all this. So we were able to help them. Like, here's how you market us better. Here's the kind of stuff that we need. And I enjoy doing that for products that I don't even like. Um, there was one There was one company, uh, Cam, and I was like, all right, listen, I'm not going to lie. I disagree with the entire premise of your company. <laughs> but but. I, I would not start that company, and now you're in it, so I don't know what to tell you. But here's what I think, and here's how you can take this that I completely disagree with and turn it into something that is enabling my business and arming me and up-leveling me as a CISO by guiding me into how I can be a better executive, how I can be a better risk person with your tool. And they were like, whoa, I love And they followed up. And it's it, it's weird because things that are very were not obvious to me 18 months ago are now like shockingly obvious to me. And I say that and people are like, what? I've never heard that. And you're like, cool. Well, there you go. Right. So it's uh, it's those are especially fun. It is really fun when you can give someone insight into your world and they understand. And I I enjoy it, uh, you know, and again, I take I take the money off the table right away. I'm, like, yeah, I'm not a buyer, but I have opinions. And so let's talk. Wow. Okay. So I, I, look, that's, that's beneficial. I'm sure there's plenty of places that'll benefit from that kind of guidance. Um, especially since you've got seat time, uh, both as, uh, as a vendor and then, uh, as a buyer. Um, I, I saw a survey earlier. Uh, I am sponsored it with somebody else and it basically like, uh, the TLDR from it was, Hey, security budgets aren't really are either shrinking or frozen. Um, Orgs don't want to spend so much security budgets aren't growing, uh, except for when there are breaches and then they're growing quickly and then they're you know kind of settling yeah. down. So, I am I nuts to say this is sort of like okay, so the security market is caught up with reality. Like, I, I don't know, what am, am, I, am I wrong here? I don't think so. So, uh, <laughs> there are definitely some. There are definitely some companies and some ideas that I'm like, that is a $10 solution to a $5 problem, right? And in general, we deal with that in cybersecurity, right? I mean, go to DEF CON 
and you will yeah. come away knowing a lot about what is possible. And right. there's always a lot of possible. What I care about is what is likely, right? And then, and uh, we don't have to get super granular and specific and rest quantification and all that. We don't have to get all that. Um, but it's real basic things like, okay, take uh, quantum computing, quantum encryption thing, right? Um, I'm not convinced that I need to care about that, at least not right now, right? I bet Microsoft probably needs to care about that. Or look at something that is really high-end ransomware protection or something. And it's like, well, okay. I mean, that's one way, but there are these other ways as well that are dramatically more simpler, more simple and easy. The fact of the matter is, is that significant risk reduction is simple, easy, and cheap. Simple is a technology statement. Easy is the people process statement and cheap is cheap. So I'm actually giving my budget back. Like I'm, I'm, I'm reducing my budget um, in pure number terms and we're growing. So my spend per employee is going down, which is a good place to be because I don't need all the budget that I probably get. Um, I'm convinced that someone made up the stat, but it's probably true that the average enterprise has 70 tools or whatever. I have like, you know, 10 and I'm not sure I need all of them kind of kind of thing. I, mean, I don't know, it, 10, 20, whatever. It was some dramatically smaller number, right? So I think the industry is kind of coming to grips with some of that. Like there's a lot of stuff out there that is cool. It's possible, but it's not likely. Or it's like you're addressable. There's like, I'm like, 100% agree. There's like 15 companies in the world really need that. The rest <laughs> of us, not so much, right? So, all right, you, you, you've hit, you've got, you've gone straight to, to my, my favorite, one of my favorite talking points topics is that there are uh, like 4,000 companies, uh, 3,700 <laughs> or so, 3,800 or so uh, are probably uh, solutions looking for a problem uh, yes. or- or, or uh, the the ninth iteration of the same way uh, of, of solving a, the same problem that the other eight are solving, yeah. uh, with yeah. a different logo, slightly different uh, UI, uh, maybe a uh, you know a better executive team, a, a cheaper price, whatever. Um, and, and believe me, I'm all good with competition. Like, you know, monopolies suck, right? So we we want the competition. Uh, however. <sighs> This is sort of a term I've been using for probably about a decade or so, but we've got an economy of features. Like there is more products out there that have made a product out of a single feature that yes. should not be a product. Like why yes. – and, and I've seen the surveys, Brent. The, the 175, 200 some odd security tools, those are legit. I know companies that have more than that yeah. in their stack because there's like this one thing they needed – and there was an entire tool that did that. and But that was like one out of 57 features. And like, boy, you know what? We don't have that. Let's buy that feature. Oh, yeah, we'll just we'll buy the product as well. But that yeah. was when budgets were easy, right? Like, uh, you know, the, the money flowed like, like you know, the raging rivers in springtime. Like, But now I think we're coming to grips with the fact that we have spent a crap ton of money on cybersecurity. Oh, yeah. Um, but and we've spent it in places I'm not convinced we're we're super worthy of the spend. Oh, 100%. Uh, 
and and we are in an awkward place. And I can tell you that I am getting, I'm seeing this uh, from the entire industry over the last 10 years, and it is rapidly accelerated right now. You came from a vendor, so you may be able to appreciate this. Sales people in security used to be able to walk into a customer, buy lunch, buy breakfast, buy dinner, whatever, take them to a ball game, and, and just take a PO, right? Like, boom, off we go. That's it. Everybody was buying everything. Those days, I think, are gone. Oh, yeah. Uh, more importantly, I think we're going the other way. People, Vendors are starting to show, start showing up for their renewal, and customers are like, why do I need you again? Tell me what you yeah. do that these other nine tools I have don't do, and why do I need to keep you around? And you, I'm getting a lot of these like, oh, my God, they're talking about cutting us. Uh, like, yeah, but – yeah. Why are you essential, right? Right. The question that I like to ask, so I, I, I do this a lot of different ways, but one way is tell me how you enable my business. Uh, my friend is Steve Zalewski, former CISO from Levi Strauss, and he used to say, how do I sell more jeans because of you? Right? Which is how do I enable my business? The other way I like yeah. to ask it is a little bit language-wise, it's a little bit more difficult, but it's like, okay, so tell me a plausible story about how not having your solution costs my organization money, right? And a lot of money, right? So that I want to hear like, oh my God, if you don't have us, this is what happens. Because I look at it and I look and I say, okay, so let's say I don't have this. In fact, let's say I don't have this and my adversary group, who's no joke, pretty not, not bad, right? And they, like, all the people who are MGM and Caesars, uh, the same threat group, they attacked me and my competitors last year. And I tangled with them all year. And so, like, they're no joke. They're a, a well-known threat group. And I'm like, so if I knew that they were going to attack me tomorrow, how does your solution help me or not help me? And if I, like... If I know that they're going to attack me tomorrow and I don't have you, do, do I care? And all too often, it's like, uh, well, we're going we're gonna to save you time. So people focus, instead of speeds and feeds, they focus, focus on outcomes. Like, we're going to save you time doing this. I'm like, eh, maybe. Maybe. Why don't you tell me how you enable our business? Oh, we're going to enable you to catch bad guys early in the kill chain. Catching them early in the kill chain is better than later. Okay. Now we have something I can work with. Now, catching bad guys early avoids cost. You enable your you, you enable your business by avoiding cost. Or you enable your business by ensuring compliance. Or by increasing efficiency. Or by increasing the sales and revenue. You know, here's a story that you can tell your prospective clients because you have our tool. Okay. That is fantastic to have. Fantastic information to have. But how many vendors out there? And I, I don't. So I, I say that question and then I don't ask it very directly because it gets it makes people uncomfortable. And I don't necessarily want to be the guy who made them uncomfortable. So I bring up. I'll do it. <laughs> I kind of specialize in making people uncomfortable. But when I'm trying to like. Build a brand and whatnot. It's like, yeah, well, okay, let's maybe not, let's not dive right at it. 
But I do want people to encounter that and think about like, why should they buy me? Why should they buy us? Like, if they don't have us, what breaks? That's it. And, and then you can even get to the larger discussion, which is as CISOs and as cybersecurity people, we tend to think that we're pretty freaking awesome and, and a big deal. But how many otherwise healthy companies went out of business because of a cyber event or even had long-term substantially negative impact because of a cyber event? And that's more than a quarter. That's like 12 months. Look at Equifax, for God's sakes. Equifax, their whole, their whole jam oh. is trust. Their whole jam is trust us with your data. And they bridged 400 million records. And their fines and their rebuild was billions and billions of dollars. And they're still around. They survived. Yeah, they they, they got hauled out in front of Congress. People asked some fake questions. They they flew back home. It was private jet. I have Grampine's book on my desk. (laughs) I was like, that's a bad day. Like, you think you've had a bad day? You've had, like, your boss, the CEO, called you out in front of Congress bad day. That's a real bad day. That's kind of an indication, though, of the industry switching, right? Like everything you just talked about is that switch from security is not a silo. Security is part of actually the business. And, yeah. you know, before it was security security. So who cares what the business is doing? I need these tools and we have to cover everything. And we believe that everything out there was a threat directly to us and it would end the world if it happened. Right. And we've come to this right. reality that. 95% of what's going to happen won't actually end you. It won't be the end of the world. And, hey, wow, we actually tie into the business. Like, let's pick stuff that matches with the business. And our budget matters to the business. Yeah, so you know what I do? Like, I pro- I need to talk to my CEO and CFO about this more. But, like, the it, now that I'm into budget season planning for next year, like, my big thing is I want my the cost per employee to go down. because. I want to spend as little money on security as possible because that's what enables us to grow and survive and thrive. But I'm not trying to maximize my budget or my people and all. I want to have as small a team as possible with the smallest budget possible that delivers the appropriate amount of risk reduction for us. And there, are, there's a way great discussion about several risk quantification and all that. And uh, that's awesome and great. But from just a kind of gut feel perspective, like I want this to like make sense. Like for every tool, for every penny I spend, I want to be able, and I can, I can instantly defend it. They're like, yes, that is absolutely essential. We bought that tool. We're using it to its fullest capability and it's worth every penny that we spent, right? And what's cool is that when you came from the vendor side too, like I know what margins are. I know where these margins are approximately, and I can compare with the other CISOs, and I can get about, listen, this is what this problem is worth to me. I don't care. These are the people I'm considering. They're interchangeable to me. I don't care. My tech team might care. I don't care. I care about price. I care about price for this functionality, and I know what your margins are. I know what you can do. I know where you are. Let's play ball, and if you don't want to play ball, guess what? Someone else will. Guaranteed. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Listen, I want to. I want to ask because this gets into the uh, the heart of the matter, which is effectively how you know we're managing vendors, right? How do you manage the overlap 
the 80 percent you know this tool does 80 percent but then this one does the other 20 percent. do i buy do i buy them both how do i do that like talk to me about how you work that yeah so one i like to uh, i said earlier significant roots production simply seem cheap so i do things that reduce how much i care about any given problem so for example i have 100 percent mfa coverage entire environment and i am that far away from 100 percent deployment of yubikeys to everyone right so if you have that that alone, that reduces the amount you care about other stuff, right? So, for example, yeah. let's say that you're talking about a phishing tool, tool to run phishing campaigns, right? I have UPKs, meaning the risk I have of phishing for stolen credentials is dramatically reduced, right? So do I have to worry about whether this phishing tool or this phishing tool has this particular feature overlap or whatever else? No. I use Microsoft. I use Microsoft phishing campaigns. I don't care about click rates. I care about report rates because that that is a positive reinforcement for security culture. That's what I care about. And so I don't yeah. have to worry about little minor differences between this tool and the other tool in that case because I have YubiKeys. I also have device posture management, meaning you don't connect to my device unless you're on my corporate my corporate machine. So you are who you say you are, YubiKey. You're on my machine, okay. Other hill I will die on is rapid patching of all external vulnerabilities, okay? And EDR, 100% of my machines have EDR. And if they don't have it within 72 hours, they get kicked off the note, right? And the CIO okay. and I are in lockstep on this, right? So if those things are true, if you are who you say you are, you're on my corporate machine, you have EDR on your machine, okay. That gives me a really, really solid baseline to look at any given thing. So if a tool covers 90% of what I might theoretically want it to do, the chances of me buying a second tool to cover that remaining 10% are very, very slim, right? So I'm also a big proponent um, when it makes sense financially. Uh, I I like Microsoft. I like I like the platform approach. I like putting stuff there. And people are like, oh, well, it didn't do that. I'm like, eh, I don't care. It's 80%. It, it, it's fine. Not worried about it. It's easy. It's there. It, it's good to go. Now, again, it's it's all in the price. Like I'm looking at, uh, at a thing for my for next year. And, uh, you know, Microsoft is like 3x the price of something that I consider just as good, if not better. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not going to spend 3x just to put Microsoft on it, for God's sakes. So that's how I deal with overlap is... That makes sense. I, I think uh, you mentioned you're 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 mentioned you're a fan of the platform play. I, I myself too am a fan of platforms. Uh, they have let me down in the past, though, uh, yeah. and I could name the vendors, and, and we all know them. But like when I think platforms, and I'm going to pick on the one I worked for because it's easy because I work there. Um, when I was at HP, like we had a platform play. Um, we had all the tools. Uh, you could want under one roof. I mean, re- with for a certain piece of the market, right? For 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 software, performance, uh, functional, and security testing, like we had the market cornered. But you said you would say, "Hey, come talk to me about your, uh, you know, your three pillars of so- of uh, of software, right?" And uh, we'd bring three salespeople, three SEs, uh, a couple of specialists, 
you know, a, a generalist manager and it's like eight to one customer to, to, to reps. And you're like, wait, and you know, who's also bad at this? You know, Palo's awful at this, right? We, we've seen that. Yeah. They've got awful at this. I don't know that Microsoft's much better. Um, the Google reps don't all know each other. So that's why they, they don't show up at the same time. They don't know the, the other, their partners exist. Uh, who else do I want to go pick on? Like, but, but a lot of them are this way. Um, it, 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 the platform play has let me down and I'm disappointed because that, that's what I believe. That's what I believe is the ultimate solution. And so like, if you get good, uh, just maybe I look at this a little bit differently. So kind of like you said earlier, like I talk, I've talked to plenty of companies and it's like, you're a feature, right? So I'm willing to buy a product to meet a specific need. That's fine. I am not really very excited about buying a bunch of features and cobbling them together. So maybe I, I don't know how to refer to this in the in the Russian dolls of, of platforms. Like I'm not necessarily saying that the big dog that does all the things is necessarily the best play, but definitely I don't like super specific point solutions that do one thing. Like your feature of whatever platform like I, I don't buy features i buy platforms maybe that's a better way to talk about it i guess the question too rap like when you say platforms let you down isn't that though a symptom of all the platform like at some point all platforms are going to let you down in some way but just like we talk about the breaches do they not recover i mean at least from a uh, from a stability standpoint but then from the other yeah, yeah. side right like just like the lack so, of coordination right so the 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 platform concept i think is is Ultimately, I want – look, all right. Let me take this back a step. Where secure, the security vendors, Brent, you, me, James, all, we've all worked for them. They all have sucked in the same – if every vendor has a weakness in this industry, every single one of them, it is this. None of them bleeping work together in a meaningful way, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own data input-output standards. Everybody's API uses a standard that is just slightly different than everybody else's. Uh, you know, uh, uh, release cycles are different. Uh, feature parity is not a thing. Nobody has any incentive to work together, to, which is what you want as the CISO. You want stuff that actually works together to solve the problem. You don't want to have to build the duct tape and bubble gum and bailing wire to get the things to work together. Now, I was thinking, and I, I'm naive. I'll give you that. I must be naive. That one day, the platforms would show up and go, you know what? Here's an endpoint tool. Here's a SIM. Here's a network security tool. You know, these things should just work together. Let me buy the buy one of each, and I'm going to breed the connective tissue. I'm going to make sure that they all work together. The PMs talk to each other. They're, they're similarly, similarly incentivized so that, you know, like the SIM group, uh, is on the same comp kind of plan as the endpoint group, as a network group. So they all want to move the thing, the thing, the goal, the goal forward. Yeah, that never happens. Because why? Because they're at different levels of maturity. Uh, they're incentivized all differently. They have different leadership teams and it's all gets screwed up. And that annoys the hell out of me because that is my, that was my hope and it's not working well. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's also such that I think like I'm thinking of my of my tech stack and I don't need I don't really need anything 
that I currently have to work better together. All now, right. There are there are definitely thing there are different use cases where that is important, I'd say, but think like that's not like if I list out my top ten pain points, that doesn't even make a list. Like that's yeah, that's not okay. uh, it's not it's I mean it's something that I can see would be frustrating and dependent, but you know, I mean at the same time, like APIs exist. And that's much less of a concern now than I feel like it ever really has been. Specifically on like catch the bad guy kind of stuff, like eh, that kind of works, which is kind of what I always go back to because that's what I'm familiar with. But that stuff just kind of works pretty well. I mean, like it's not hard to like the, the things that are still hard are things that I don't necessarily care about. So I was like, well, yeah, that, that problem is a more. pain in what, but, okay. <laughs> tell, tell me more about that. Things that are hard are things you don't care about. Expand that's on that for the last statement. couple minutes we have. That, that, that's not a general statement. That is a, a specific statement. So, for example, okay. it, 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 it is hard to get um, printer logs into an XDR. But guess who doesn't give a damn about printer logs? Me, right? I don't care, right? So All a right. lot, like a, what what I found is that a lot of times people will want things from products or from platforms, and you're like, "Why do you care?" Well, I mean, you 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 got to you've got to do this integration. It's like, why? Why? How does that enable the business? How does that catch a bad guy? How does that deliver on deliver on the promise? Well, we we, we need it. I'm like. Why? Like, I mean, I mean, I was a little bit known within security. It's like I had my toaster logs. Everything, everything. I was like, I can ingest your freaking toaster logs if you want me to. The question is, why do you want me to? Right? Because there was a thing in Catch the Bad Guy. It's like, well, do you take this kind of log? Do you take this kind of log? Do you have a normalizer for this? Do you? And it's like, sure, but why do you care? It doesn't matter, right? So I think we can we can really get wrapped around the axle on very specific little things that don't end up making much of a difference. If it's like, all right, so, you know, it's, it's kind of like, don't let the perfect be the enemy of good enough, right? There's a whole lot of good enough. Like if you have, if you have a minimal, if you do a couple basic hygiene things, right? Like if you brush your teeth and information security, you'll probably be okay against a material risk, right? Like, Show me an organization that has 100% MFA and device posture and EDR and external patching who got popped. There aren't many. Show me how many organizations get popped from really, really basic crap. Like, dude, you can't play. You can't play baseball if you can't play catch, right? Like, not you can't fair. do several. You're not going to stop China if you can't stop a piss hand ransomware group, right? So, like, let's let's. Call things what they are, and a whole, like good enough works the vast majority of the time. Now, if you're Boeing, okay, we're 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 in a different ballgame now, right? If you have, I'm not saying this is simple for everyone. I I absolutely acknowledge that this is not us, but like I tend to focus on the really really simple, stupid, cheap, basic things first and foremost and push a lot of chips across the table on those things. 
and then we'll worry about the the edges. All right. Well, one thing it seems like you get from doing that, which I feel like you don't see in a lot of organizations, is actually close to completion on any given thing. Right? <laughs> to, be, to be able to say like, hey, we've got 100% MFA across the board. Like how many businesses sure. are implementing F- MFA but are no further than like 60% or 70%? But it, some of that is because they're also trying to push all these other initiatives, right? Like I've got a thousand things I'm doing instead of four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're like... There's great value in extreme levels of focus. Like, I don't care about that, that, that. I care about this. We are doing this. And the standard thing is, well, you'll never get to 100% security. It's like, okay, fair, fair. But you can get to 100% MFA. You really can. Yeah. And there are some things where I'm like, some things I'm like 95%, 95 is okay with me. 95% of my environment is automatically patched. And update 100% update on all OS and third-party patches. They're still outliers. Okay, I'll deal with them. But I'm okay with that. But then, like, MFA, I'm like, no, 100%. 100%. Like, you don't work unless you have this. Period. Okay? And and it's like, well, that, my organization would never go for that. It's like, well, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. My, mine does. And I did that during the interview process. So... Like I didn't have years of experience. I didn't have years of relationship. I said, "Hey, these are hills that will die on." Absolutely, no doubt. Like, don't hire me if we're not going to be able to do these things. That's fair. I mostly All right. that. Listen, uh, be- before we end, because we're, we're we're coming up on time here, uh, we could do this probably. We could probably keep talking for a while. Give me your piece of best piece of advice uh, on on dealing with the the huge vendor landscape out there. Um, and, and how you, you know, how you manage, give me the, give me the one piece of advice you give everybody. Yeah. Uh, implement a screening function and a screening function should not be like, these are my rules for on high to approach me. You must, but they are, here's my real basic rules. My, my rules are treat me like a human being. Don't lie to me. Don't waste my time. That's it. Meaning that that and that alone, you can filter out 90% of what you get. Um, I have a email rule says anything that's opt out or any of its variations goes to a marketing folder. I clean that marketing folder out once a day. If it could be copy pasted, it gets filtered in chunk. Yet, I met with 150 vendors already this year. Right? I am. No, uh, you will not find a more vendor-friendly CISO than I. And 90% of my stuff is whoop, gone. Send me a link. Send me anything that can be copy pasted. And say, hey, I saw your post on this and I liked it. Can we talk? Yeah, sure. That's fine. We'll talk. So that screening function, and you'll see the second. If I can get to my second one get is two. I set I set a, a time frame. I do Fridays. I do vendor meetings on Fridays, and that's the only time. I don't care how compelling it is. That was, and that gets that gets booked three months out. So I'm sorry. Like, that's like, people are like, oh, well, can we meet earlier? It's like, no. No, I put very hard lines around when I will meet with vendors and what, what I will do. And outside of that, I don't do it. So those two things enable me to get a, get a lot of value out of vendor relationships. They allow me, allow me to give a lot of value to vendor relationships and still do all the other day job stuff I have, have to do. 
All right. Well, I'll ask you one more because this is going to be relevant. We got to keep this one short. So what's your what's the best, the coolest tech you've seen so far? I mean, don't name the vendor. The coolest tech you've seen so far that you don't need? The, so say again, coolest tech? Just the coolest tech this that you've seen this year that you're not going to buy, that you don't need? Uh, I think so. I, I'll give you two. One that I am probably going to buy, and that is for log retention. Uh, log retention should be stupid, simple, and easy because cloud is a thing, right? And serverless is a thing. Who knew? Um, so that's awesome. Uh, fun. I checked the box on log retention for like a tenth the price of a big SIM thing. That's awesome. And the second thing that I really like is um, I don't use them, but I like the email gateway kind of providers that aren't email gateways, but they entirely are APIs. Um, those are, those are pretty cool. I like those. Okay. All right. Brent, thanks for giving us some time, man. Um, yeah, I I'm curious to see how, uh, how time and, and, and changes your perspective, maybe or not uh, time in the seat, right? You know, five years from yeah. now, if you turn into grumpy old man, like the rest of us, or if you're still hopefully optimistic, I, I you know, maybe, maybe you're the one guy, you know, it's- I don't know. Maybe you're the one guy. I, but before I got married, people would tell me stuff, and I've been married 22 years, and it's like, no, still, still love it, still great, still awesome. Or before I had kids, I'd be like, you know what, I'm not going to beat my kids, and be like, oh, you just wait. Mm-hmm. Oldest is 11, so I beat them. I'm pretty sure it's going to be okay. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh, he says all drink themselves to death here, and I'm like, it's been 18 months, still love it. That's what the that's what the comic strips all say, right? Like they show the, like the CISO out of bed while everybody else is sleeping comfortably, and I hate that. You yeah, know, we really like, play that that burnout up. I feel like yeah, for the like, CISO role. Yeah, yeah like that sounds like a miserable life. Go make mine somewhere else, man. Like you can do it. Just go, go, you do <laughs> you. I like what I do. Let me do this. All right. Well, Brent, thanks again, man. Uh, appreciate your time. This is this been fun. Uh, folks, thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully you get a chance to catch up uh, on past episodes and our back catalog uh, on, on the uh, on the podcast uh, page. Uh, if you prefer to watch these videos, uh, these are pretty funny sometimes. Uh, you know, uh, we, 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 do, we do a pretty good job at getting these just raw posted. I don't do any kinds of edits. No magic for you guys. Just a logo and some people talking. But some of them are funny. Um, yeah, man. And we've got, uh, we've got, you know, the LinkedIn page and everything else. So I encourage you to go check all that out. Uh, and we will, uh, we'll do this again. Uh, Brent, thanks for your time, bud. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you again another time, folks. We'll catch awesome. you another time, another place on another Thank you. down the security rabbit hole podcast. Now cue the music and the credits and we're out. This is Bella. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave my dad a review and share this with your friends. Bye.